podcast family. Welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. I'm Kanji. I'm Tara. This week, we are bringing in a guest mom to share with us her experiences about raising Muslim children in America. And this is a conversation that I am thrilled to have, and she will be joining us shortly. But before she joins us, Tara, I would love to catch up with you because it's been a minute, friend. It has. We've both been pretty busy the last couple of weeks. It's been crazy. Yeah. And I've missed you. Oh, same. Aww. Always. The love fest continues. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, goodness. So how has this week been as we are almost at the end of the school year? Yes, we're getting very close. It was really good. So this week, Gage had to take part in the standardized testing we have here in Texas. He had the writing portion this week. Mm-hmm. So all the fourth graders had to do the test on Tuesday. And um, he was really nervous. This is his first time. Last year, they waived it. And that would have been his first time. But this so this year, they did not. So he had to do it. He was really nervous. I dropped him off in the morning. And he was asking me a lot of questions like, I did the practice test. Is it like the practice test? I'm like, yes, it's very similar. And he's like, okay, I think I'll be okay. But he was nervous. And um, so I thought about him all day, you know, and I was just like sending the good vibes out. Yes. (laughs) And and then um, when I picked him up in the afternoon, he immediately jumped in the car and he goes, oh, I got that. That was no problem. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I don't even need to know what it was. I know I passed it. I go, great. That's awesome. I just love that kid. He's so The confidence. Where does he get it from? Where does he get that from? (laughs) Podcast family, let us pause and consider where do we think we have heard that confidence from hmm. Hmm. he gets it from his mama <laughs> from his mama <laughs> how was your week this week was super great um as you know i left my career as an attorney last week and i am pivoting mm-hmm. to a new career which i'll start next week and we can share more about that on next so week's episode exciting. so the reason i took this week off was to do some work with our nonprofit as <laughs> we are finishing our book drive right and this ties in so closely to our episode today Our book drive is to diversify the local public school libraries, and we have partnered with some amazing community organizations to raise and donate about 4,000 hardcover books to our local campuses. Yes, we're thrilled. And one of the organizations that we've partnered with is our local Islamic Center. Mm -hmm. And they have agreed to receive the books. And so this week, I've spent a lot of time at the Islamic Center with our community partners, speaking and sharing time with some phenomenal mothers talking about their experiences. Mm -hmm. And I realized that understanding Islam and what it's like to be a Muslim parent in America is not something that I've really understood and considered. And I've had some conversations with some of my white friends and and some of my black friends who honestly told me they didn't even know what the holy month of Ramadan was. And that was shocking to me. Yeah. yeah. How how does that make you feel? I mean, it's surprising. I mean, I don't know all the details of what it means, but I know what it is and I know the general celebrations around it. So that is surprising that so many people you are in contact with didn't even know about it. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Anyone who knows me knows that I also Google a lot of stuff. So I Googled yes. it. And um, one of the statistics that I read showed that almost 60% of Americans say that they don't know any Muslims. And I think that this goes back to the whole premise of this podcast. Yeah which is about sharing our parenting perspectives Mm -hmm. and understanding each other. Our diverse book drive was founded because we know and we believe that reading 
books helps to develop empathy. Mm -hmm. And another way that I think we can develop empathy, Tara, is listening to podcasts. A hundred percent. So welcome to Motherhood in Black and White. That's right. We're teaching you right now, guys. See, there's that confidence I was talking about. (laughs) Gage's mama. (laughs) And now it is time for us to welcome our guest mom to share with us her perspective on parenting Muslim kids here in America. As we get ready to enter the holy month of Ramadan, we are going to welcome Shazia Anwar to the podcast. And let me just share with you a little bit about Shazia. She was born and raised in Pakistan and currently lives in North Texas. She's the mom of three beautiful children and her supportive husband is a physician. But he's not the only physician in the family because she is a physician and has a degree in Islamic studies and is a certified life coach. Girl. Just, um, I bow down. <laughs> I'm not worthy of this conversation. I know. I was like, do we need to call her doctor? Can we call her Shazia? <laughs> That's going to be the first question I ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she has worked in the medical profession as an OBGYN, an academic researcher, and a co-author in psychiatry. She is extremely passionate about helping our youth work at a higher potential in life and to maintain healthy relationships with themselves and others. And she has graciously offered to answer some of the questions we have about raising kids and living as a Muslim and about the holy month of Ramadan. So Shazia, this is Kanji. Welcome to the conversation. Hi, Kanji. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm excited to speak with you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Shazia. We're so excited to have you. Since this is the first time you and I are meeting, why don't you start by just sharing a little bit about yourself, your background, and your motherhood journey? I'd love to learn more about you. Sure, Tara. About my background, I have been born and raised in Pakistan, Karachi. Karachi is the biggest city in the country. And uh, over there, I am blessed with multi-ethnic background, multilingual heritage, just enjoy all those. I belong to a family where my parents, my siblings and their spouses are doctors. So it's a big family of doctors. I love different talents like recipes, trying different recipes, painting, glass, stain, needlework. And then as a medical student in Karachi, I was privileged to work with my parents at their hospital. And I did practice OBGYN at that time where my mother was one of the top OBGYN doctors. Wow. Yeah, that was amazing. And a beautiful experience I had until I had to uh, move to the U.S. where my husband and I wanted to just go for higher studies in the U.S., you know, do some residency and training. And uh, we were hoping to go back. But after I had my first child, somehow it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) They ruin everything. Kids (laughs) kids have a way of changing all of our plans. (laughs) So true. And so you have three children, correct? Yeah, I have three kids. Yeah. And how old are your children? My oldest is 25. She got married last week. So just an amazing family life. And then uh, the other one is 21. She is going off to Berkeley for optometry school. And the son is 16 years old and he's preparing for college. I told them, I need you to pursue higher careers. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever you do, I'll support you. That's what I told them. I love that. That's so wonderful to hear. So we wanted to bring you on before we start the holy month of Ramadan, just to share with us a little bit about your perspective in parenting. Can you tell us how you would describe what it's like to be a Muslim in America today. 
being a muslim in america i can speak for myself i would say i have had the best of opportunities given my education my multilingual multicultural background the best thing that i enjoy about america i've met people i would have never had a chance to meet in pakistan if i lived there all my life mm-hmm. so this diversity knowing other people you know it just it just i can't even describe how enriching this was The next thing that I enjoy in America is uh, that Islam teaches justice, stand up for the right causes, and there is enough opportunities here in America to do all that. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, love that. Yeah, yeah. Has it been difficult? Can you just share with us maybe some challenges you've had raising Muslim children in a largely Christian society? As we know, the U.S. kind of shows itself. Right, right. So the good thing is that Islam is one of the Abrahamic faiths, as mm-hmm. um, you may know. So whether it's a Christian, Jewish, or a Muslim society, or any other society that believes in supremacy of one God over people, it's pretty easy to navigate through those because the challenges will be quite similar. But the biggest and the darkest challenge, I would say, was the Islamophobia wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. was blatant dark lies about us about our faith and how we were not ever given a chance to even speak for ourselves right right like, we protested against those ugly things happening they would never be shown on tv and stuff things are much better but i remember those days my goodness it was really hard kids will come home crying somebody had said bad words to them and you know how do you explain every day was a counseling session mm, yeah yeah quite heavy quite problematic but things have i think calmed down a little bit i'm so grateful for that yeah would you mind talking a little bit about that because the height of islamophobia after 9/11 was when your children were young yeah can you share with us some of the challenges you may have encountered and some of the ways you explained some of the misconceptions about islam and muslims to your children and what that felt and looked like for you yeah so as a muslim i believe that people plan but god has a plan also hmm. so the good thing that came out of this islamophobic you know dark clouds was that people did reach out to their neighbors and we also took a little bit more initiative to talk to our neighbors about this what is happening it wasn't always easy people in the school they you know they would sometimes not even look at you they don't want to talk about it they would call your children terrorists and then you talk to them they will refuse so it was a whole fiasco of things going on i remember um, my children used to come home and they were quite young and you know it was very hard to explain to them after somebody you know in like third or fourth grade calls your son a terrorist right? right first you have to calm down the son then you have to calm yourself down then you try to speak to the teacher and you know what these dialogues were very new people were hesitant to even like open these dialogues so it, it was it was some you know some journey i i would say it, it was very hard very hard and for the children uh, it was like things that they had never n- never talked about or understood right, right. that why are people doing these to us right suddenly like why is there is so much shift and this is my friend and suddenly the mom said you can go and see them and uh, yeah it, it was challenging yeah but i definitely say it has eased down yeah Well, that's good. I mean, I could see how it's just one of those examples, you know, Kanji and I talk about this a lot. During that time, being a mother with 
raising your children Muslim, you could not shield them from the ugliness because you had to explain it in order to help them understand what they were going through every day. You know, you didn't, you weren't able to escape that or, or keep them shielded from it. And uh, it's just one of those things that we talk about, about the privilege between myself and Kanji, the difference sometimes is that I could, if I chose, shield my kid from some of that stuff because it doesn't come up to him on a daily basis. And I know you probably had to navigate that every day for quite some time. Yeah, sure, sure. It, it was very difficult. You know, I think that was the hardest thing I've ever faced in my life, I would say. Yeah. Because you know, when somebody is throwing rocks at you, you do not know who that person is. You can't go correct anything about it. Right. That was really hard. Yeah. We talk a lot that some of these the images and the stereotypes and the Islamophobia, it was born and it was bred some by the media, but a lot by stereotypes and misconceptions. Mm -hmm. And some of the Islamophobia has eased a bit in the last 20 years, but some of the misconceptions still remain. I mean, would you agree? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about Muslims that you, if using your platform and your voice, could, could speak to? So uh, number one that we have uh, encountered is that all Muslims somehow come from the Middle East or they're Arabs and they wear a certain type of garment and they eat a certain type of food, right? Mm -hmm. That is absolutely incorrect because the largest uh, Arabs make just say they 12 to 13 percent of the Muslim population. And Islam has always been this, you know, versatile, diverse religion where we have grown up with stories of black people being the closest companions of Prophet Muhammad. Uh, Salman, the Persian, comes from a Zoroastrian religion. He is a big part of the, um, you know, close companions. So honestly, I would say growing up, the racism does not exist in Islam. Hmm. There are people who choose to, you know, like do all sorts of things in the name of Islam, but basically they're following their culture, right? Some, some people may do that. So... This is about the Arabs and the Middle Eastern. And then another ugly part that I have encountered is that uh, they say somehow Sharia is creeping in the U.S. and it's going to take over. Yes. So this is such a another blatant lie. Okay, what is Sharia? Sharia is Islamic law. And Islamic law is given by God, who is the creator of the universe. If you can use God's clean, fresh air and enjoy the blue sky in the morning and have, uh, you know, the sunshine that grows our fruits and vegetables and give us life, why can't he tell you how to navigate through this world so we can have equal rights? Mm -hmm. so Islam is all about equal rights, boundaries, how each life is honorable. We cannot encroach upon people's rights. Mm, right. Yeah. So this is about Sharia. Sharia also, if I can take another few seconds to say the goal of Sharia is preservation of intellect, mm. preservation of life, preservation of your religion, preservation of family and preservation of wealth. So it is those five broad categories. I find them beautiful. I teach them to my students a lot that you don't have to be a scholar in Islam, <laughs> but these five principles will take you very far in life. Islam says don't drink alcohol. Muslims drink. But what we say is Islam says do not drink because we need to preserve our intellect. Mm. So these are, you know, nice kind of rules that I really like. Then they're simple. Yeah, this is Sharia. 
Thank you very much for explaining that because I know that I've heard a lot about Sharia law, but I'd never heard it explained as clearly and as succinctly as you just did. So I am so appreciative for you. Thank you for taking the time because you're, you are a teacher at heart. And so I know that a lot of people who don't understand or don't know a lot about Islam or the Islamic faith rely on images and stereotypes. And of course, you touched on one that Islamic people are terrorists and and the negative stereotype and the perpetuation of that. But what a lot of people who don't have interactions with people of Muslim faith understand is your parents and and, and students yeah. and kids and doctors and lawyers and and imams and and all of the richness and beauty of a culture, of a religion, of a people that oftentimes is relegated to a stereotype from a terrible Bruce Event. Willis movie. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yes, you yeah. know. Um, and and so 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 thank you for for taking the time to talk about that, and especially on the eve of the holy month of fasting, yeah. which is Ramadan. And we would love for you to explain what Ramadan is. Yes, if you wouldn't mind, that would be so helpful to all of us. Yeah, I'm so grateful for this opportunity, guys. Love the work you're doing. So Ramadan uh, consists of 29 to 30 days of fasting that is usually determined by the lunar calendar and then fasting has been prescribed in the Quran and Quran also tells us and by the way Quran is the word of God that was revealed to Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him via angel Gabriel or Jibrail this is what we believe and uh, Quran tells us that fasting has been prescribed to people before you and this is referring to Abrahamic faiths. So Muslims are very proud and honored to fast exactly the way Prophet Muhammad and his companions used to fast. So fasting consists of no food, no drink and making the best use of your time. So the spirituality of fasting is that when we control our bodily needs and desires, the soul tends to become stronger. So basically, it's like a spiritual strengthening exercise. I see it as a reset button, right? Reboot, reboot kind of a button. Yeah. Yeah. It does have amazing health benefits. And uh, in a world where indulgence and the worship of body has become so prevalent, some people may see fasting in Ramadan as weird or something is too harsh, but some see it as a prescription to a more benevolent way of life. I love that so much. And, and thank you for explaining it to me. I am familiar with the holiday and I knew it involved fasting and I knew it was a month long. Now it's just fasting during the day. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. From before sunrise to, to sunset. Yeah. So let's take this to talk about your kids again. So when your kids are in school and they're celebrating the holy month of Ramadan and, you know, obviously they're at lunch with their friends or at breakfast in the morning with their friends and they're fasting. I mean, how would you encourage parents of non-Muslim kids to help their kids understand how they're celebrating and what that holiday looks like? Sure. So number one, I think uh, we must realize that it takes a lot of commitment and courage to go through the month of Ramadan. Yeah. Also, kids who are not bodily very strong. Mm -hmm. and same thing if a mother is nursing or, uh, you know, she is pregnant or somebody is not well, they're not supposed to fast. Okay. Yeah. So kids who can manage the school schedule and everything, you know, we have to be kind to them and then, you know, they uh, they can fast and they fast at their own accord. I've never forced my children to fast, nor have I seen my friends do that. Okay. But we don't want them to hate the religion, right? So right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. 
you give them suggestions and you know islam was a religion of reminders it's not about forcing anything upon anybody so prophet muhammad peace be upon him is the best one giving reminders all the times please if you can do this right please this is good for you so kids uh, who fast they will have a very early breakfast say uh, when we start ramadan next week it's going to be 5:30 am breakfast okay and then no food no water it sounds a little bit hard but you know what that soul starts to become so strong after like a week or so you can mm-hmm. feel your mind is clearer your body is so calibrated in a way that you know i my soul feels stronger right spiritually mm-hmm. very strong yeah with the non muslim parents i i hope they can remind their kids that please ask muslim kids about ramadan and fasting directly yeah. yes yeah i love that yeah. yeah and also that realize that it's a spiritual exercise where you know somebody fasting may look a little bit weak or maybe a little bit tired due to long hours but then they may need a short nap at lunch break or a quiet area to pray so we must be cognizant of that oh that's such a good point that's a support good point our students and our children and to encourage our kids to offer their support yes, right right and to offer yeah. understanding and empathy amazing and we hope that that's not lost on any of us as parents and that we can <laughs> teach our kids yeah. that if you do have a friend or a classmate who is fasting to honor and celebrate that and be understanding yeah. yes i would say generally people are very accommodating very good but you know what uh, if you ask a muslim they'll be so happy to explain yes in yeah and in muslim countries all activities are rearranged the timings are mm-hmm. rearranged for the convenience of fasting people man it's a blast over there so our children <laughs> miss that but you know what um, i hope as we become more aware of these um, accommodations uh, our children are going to have a blast also soon <laughs> no absolutely now before you joined us we shared a statistic that almost 60% of americans say that they don't know any muslims which i think may be a fallacy mm-hmm. i think that a lot of americans may know people who are Muslim but haven't taken the time to get to know them. So right. I think that what you are sharing is so critically important to having and continuing this conversation. And you have a wealth of knowledge clearly. Yes. Um, yes. That we and we're, we're we're grateful for that. But we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things that you do with your life coaching and some of the teaching. So can you talk to us a little bit about how that evolved from being a physician to being a certified life coach <laughs> and how you would um suggest that people can reach out to you and find you if they need your help like you know we do obviously <laughs> yes please yeah 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 it's very interesting so like <laughs> my journey from being a doctor immigrating here doing my medical licensure exams again and then having a little bit of a challenging obstetric history meaning i had one miscarriage one baby one exam so that was going on with me oh mm, my goodness <laughs> without any support it was tough it was really tough so by the time you know uh, i had my second child and then i had another miscarriage and i said oh my god how long am i going to j- just try to have you know these two or three kids yeah <laughs> so anyway my family was very important to me and my husband so 
I said, okay, I'll take a lighter career since, you know, God gave me these kids in a very precious way, right? right. <laughs> All kids are precious. It, it I, My journey was a little bit harder. So when these kids were little, uh, there was a lot of pressure from the family, from the society, you know what? Oh, you are a doctor. You got to go, you know, for your highest goals and stuff. I, I was a very young mother, lost all my support. I said, okay, so who's going to take care of these kids? Right. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Is anybody coming from Pakistan to babysit for me, grandma? No, grandmas are busy. So I said, my husband and I decided he's very supportive and understanding. He said, no, our first duty is towards these children. Mm-hmm. And that's how I said, okay, I'm, it was very hard for me to change direction from, you know, medicine to, okay, I'll have to work in research, perhaps, right? Right. Something else. That day, I remember with tears in my eyes, I looked up in the sky, I said, God, you better give me a better alternative. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm doing this because, you know, in Islam, it just teaches you to take your responsibilities very seriously. And Mm -hmm. I did take my responsibility of my children very seriously. So I said, I'm sure there's a big reward in there. So my last rotation was as a behavioral at a behavioral health unit. And it was in psychiatry, of course. And, you know, just to see all those kids coming in, uh, it it was very, very heartbreaking. I, I just thought, Once you give them meds, there is not much left in their brain to, you know, process that you can talk to them. So at the support groups, they used to be numb, all of them. I used to be very sad and upset. I used to ask the attending, doctor, do you, are you sure he's understanding what you're trying to tell him? So anyway, my biggest curiosity was, I need to know more how to help these kids. Mm. Again, you know what? I am very, very spiritual in that sense. I remember in Chicago, in the hospital, I again, you know, made that silent prayer. God, show me a better way. I can help these kids more. And what if my kids are in this position? What do I do, right? Right. So at that day, I said, okay, I have to incorporate more spirituality in here. So I took a degree in Islamic studies that was about five years. It was rigorous with everything else was I, I was doing. I chose that degree because it taught me Islamic psychology and counseling. That was what I was looking for. That helped me. That really helped, you know, my mental <laughs> health improve <laughs> my own. And I really, you know what, it was it was a gift from God. I was able to connect with the kids in a way that I, I never knew how to do that. Right. So that was it. And life coaching is a beautiful model. What I liked about it was uh, that you ask people questions, right? And let them come up with answers. And that was one of the way of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. He would let people think about something that is harmful to them rather than, you know, shove ideas and advice and all that. Right. I think this combination turned out to be very beautiful. My answer is getting long. Should I pause? <laughs> no, I'm I'm totally mesmerized. I just love this whole story. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I teach different age groups and um, I am very lucky to have incorporated CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy with yeah. spirituality into my children's uh, instruction. I prepare syllabus for youth. I do youth instruction. And you know what? Youth, I was most scared of. Oh, my God. I didn't uh. stay with me. No one wants to leave. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Please continue in the summer and stuff. I said, guys, it's summer is my time. I need to recuperate, learn some more, <laughs> do some more work. Yeah. Last summer, they did not let me go. They said, it's COVID, we are already indoors, and we need this spiritual support. So, great, very nice. And then I have um, 
the highlight, you know, which I also get a chance to learn is a coaching session that I do for uh, people from one of them is from uh, Dubai, mm -hmm. two from Dubai and New York and California. So these girls, it's been eight months. They don't want to leave me either. I said, okay, you're taking so much time. You better start uh, helping me in publishing all this work. So I think they're going to do that. So I thought, okay, I'll keep teaching you as long as you help me publish because then I have no time left, right? Yes. Well, I, I can see why nobody wants to leave you because 100%. your spirit is so beautiful. And um, we're going to have to leave you though. That's just <laughs> how things go. What makes me beautiful is the beauty that you guys have in your own self the kind of work you're doing right mm -hmm. yeah our souls are happy talking about diversity and kids and right yeah, yeah. you know and, and again yeah. i think that it's so wonderful to talk to people because we realize that at the end of the day there's so much we have in common so much more we have in common with one another than we have different with the other. Right. You know, your faith and spiritual journey, it's so important to you. So we thank you for sharing that with us and, and sharing a part of your journey. And um, you, you're right. All kids are precious. Yes. All kids are precious. And we need to expect and understand that um, there's going to be challenges with each of our kids. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, each of our kids is somebody's child. That's right. So true. So true. And they are precious they make our lives bright and meaningful and okay. challenging right all, all <laughs> of the all things of yes you know and difficult <laughs> wait wait i'm gonna stop right now. i'm gonna pause because <laughs> you know it was so zen and then i yeah, came yeah, in yeah. With my you're like but let's not <laughs> let's be honest sometimes no, yeah <laughs> well my my dear friend um i look forward to sharing space with you now in real life soon hopefully very very soon um i will be at the local islamic center um a few times during the month of ramadan i had a chance to meet some of some of your friends and other community members and I look forward to continuing um, our friendship um, in real life soon. And I just hope that, um, you know, may peace be upon you. Thank you so much. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be with you, my dear friends. Walaikum assalam. Thank you, friend. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank so you. much. Shazia was amazing. I loved having her on. She was so zen in her conversation. Yes. And, her, and you can just tell how important faith and family are to her. Yes. It really just, I mean, just listening to her speak about her faith, listening to her speak about her passion with her career and her kids. I mean, I was just really filled. It just really filled me up. 100%. Like, I just felt something about yeah. it. It was really amazing. You know, and, and I think that we've had a long week and it was really good to, to fill my cup and yes. to also understand that we're still learning so much about yes. everything, especially how to do a podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> yes. But, you know, I took it, I was going to say, I took a religion class in college at one point, and I learned a lot about Islam there, but it's been a long time, more than I knew before. Mm -hmm. But even knowing some of that, listening to her share as a person of the Muslim faith, mm -hmm. it's really enlightening. It really enhances what I already kind of, the things I did already know. I enjoyed the... I knew what Ramadan was, but I didn't know why they fast. I didn't understand the, you know, the goal of that celebration. So I, I, I got so much out of that. Yeah. And so based on the lunar calendar, mm -hmm. Ramadan begins on Monday, April 12th. Okay. And I think that for me, what I took from this conversation is that I will be very intentional with my parenting and make sure that I explain to Roman either Sunday or Monday right. what Ramadan is mm -hmm. and how he can be supportive of his classmates who choose to fast mm -hmm. and explain a little bit why fasting is so important to them and to their faith. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'll do the same. 
one of the things that she said that really stuck with me during that part was I'm just encourage them to ask mm-hmm. like just I mean isn't that what we talk about every week mm-hmm. like just ask your friend yeah. <laughs> just or, ask what it means or ask people that you about. meet right yeah just ask and, and and what stops us from asking a lot is the fear yes Either the fear of being wrong yes. fear of offending people yes. fear of saying the wrong thing and yeah. so often we get caught up in saying doing speaking something so we do nothing yeah we just avoid the discomfort right. at all costs so let's get uncomfortable get and uncomfortable let's start learning and growing and the reason we do that is because all kids are precious. Precious. And so let's celebrate our kids. Let's celebrate the holy month of Ramadan together. Even if you were not celebrating, please encourage your children to learn about it and to be supportive of those who are and who do. And with that being said, we are going to sign off for this episode. Yeah. Podcast fam. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. And and we look forward to talking to you next week. Make sure that you're following us on all those listening platforms so you don't miss an episode. Uh, we read every review you leave us. That really helps us with engagement. Please take a moment right now and just hit rate and review and leave us a couple of comments. We read every single one of them. With that being said, we will catch you back here next week. Same time, same place. Guard your health, mental, physical, and spiritual. Wassalamu alaikum. Take good care. I needed that talk so bad. <laughs> Me too. I, I was so- listening to her like, oh my God, I, I needed a counseling session right now. <laughs> like, I don't ever want to leave you. I know. I'm I so loved her so much. Her, uh- Thank you. How are you feeling? Doing good, except I had to drop my mom off to the airport and that's goodbyes are hard. <laughs> Where does your mother live? Mostly in Pakistan, Karachi. It doesn't matter how old we get. We still always need our mothers. <laughs> so oh, yeah. oh, good yeah. goodbyes are hard. And we do thank you for taking time to speak with us this evening. Now, you have never spoken with Tara. So let's make that introduction. Hi, Shazia. How are you? I'm good, Tara. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm excited to speak with you guys. I'm excited to meet you. And just to confirm, because this is our first time talking, am I saying your name correctly, Shazia? Yeah, it's Shazia. Shazia. Perfect. I can change that. I can make that adjustment. Okay, great.